Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the fifth episode into the new series called Life Hack Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, I wanted to focus on starting off the year with some life hacks in areas such as adulthood, finances, relationships with parents, decision-making, friendships, and more. Today's episode is structured a little differently. It's been a while since I've had a guest on this podcast, but for this certain episode, I wanted to bring on one of my best friends, Teresa Ting. In the episode, Choosing the Right Company, Friendships and Relationships, we talk about what bonds you to be friends, seasonal friendships, qualities to look for in a real friendship, and then we go into relationships where we talk about what's really important to us in a relationship, where we talk about what's really important in a relationship, how we viewed relationships in our early 20s versus now, and more. This episode is longer than I expected. We had so much to talk about with friendships and relationships, so I'll be back in the next episode, well, season, with the life recap. And without further ado, here is today's episode. I'm so excited to have a guest joining me for today's episode. Normally I do solo episodes, but for this episode called Choosing the Right Company, I knew I wanted to have one of my good friends joining me on the podcast. So thanks for joining me, Teresa Ting. Thank you, Grace. Yes, thank you for having me uh, interrupt your solo podcast session. Uh, my name Only is for Teresa. You. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Teresa. I was born and raised in Queens, New York. I am an actress, and I have been figure skating, um, coaching figure skating for the last twelve years. And that is actually a big reason why we even became friends. Yes. Do you want to tell them or should I? You, you go ahead. Me? <laughs> yeah, okay. You start. <laughs> well, it was back in June 2021. So far. So far ago. It's crazy because it was only eight months. Yeah. Not even a year. I always thought like longer friendships were more meaningful because you think, oh, you've been with someone for this X amount of years. That means you have a greater bond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, I feel like you could say that about relationships too, right? That's true. Which we'll go into later. I'm sure. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. Well, I think what was so interesting is, well, we met at a rally in June. And at first, I mean, we were introduced by a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I saw you as a nice girl and we sat next to each other at lunch and we just started talking a little bit, but I don't know. We just had like an instant connection. But what really got really us. got us was was when I found I think the conversation went like this. You were talking about how you went to some roller skating event the other day. And I was like, well, I just got a pair of roller skates, but I'm like terrible. But actually, I am a figure skater. And you're like, what? Me too. And I was like, wait, no way. Like you actually did spins and jumps and like figure skating and you were like yeah and I was like okay this girl's a keeper because it's so rare to find another figure skater outside of the figure skating community um so I agree I mean even like I came from North Carolina so and I figure skated there I actually didn't know anyone who figure skated here so as soon as you said that too I also felt the same way yeah you're just like whoa this is rare you know right 
and the fact that we were both like laughing the whole time at this lunch like we were getting along so well <laughs> yeah i think we were we were sitting we were sitting next to each other coincidentally in this ta- like long table full of guys we were the only girls there and we were just giggling the whole time it was just an instant connection and um yeah i just felt like you were someone who was so easy to talk to and um and i think you know, like any other friendship would start, hey, let's hang out sometime, right? But I feel like a lot of times, you know, you meet someone new and you may be excited in the moment to be like, yeah, let's hang out. But, you know, after a few days, you could be like, I'm really tired or, you know, I I would rather do this and that and um, procrastinate and, and not really, you know, want to venture out and make a new friend, right? But I think you know, in in forming new meaningful friendships, you both have to put in the effort. There has to be mutual interest. And I think you guys just have to be on the same page and same wavelength. And I think that's how friendships start. And fortunately for us, I think, you know, that figure skating identity bonded us really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And not just that, but I was thinking while you're just saying that right now, there have been many times when I do hang out with people and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to sleep. Mm. Like, I, I love them and everything, but it's like, now I'm kind of, I'm tired. But I think with you, like, I get excited every time we do, like, make plans Aww. or, like, we have a girls' night because I'm like, I can I get to tell her all these things that are happening or we can, like, chat about this. Like, it's never ending with us, I feel like, which is... Which is why you're so perfect for this episode, because really choosing the right company, I really do want to relay some messages on like qualities you should look for in a person, um, standouts, and even things that maybe like signs you've noticed of a person that you've friended and realized they weren't the right company. Yeah, I think A you know, are they willing to show up or are they just talking, right? I mean, it's not not to say that, you know, you should be prioritized over everything else in your life, but I think, you know, if there is that mutual interest, then you should show up and follow through uh, with that initial, hey, let's hang out, right? And then uh, B, you know, do you feel safe to open up to this person right or is this surface level and you know it is okay to have those you know surface level or, or party friends as we call it you know mm-hmm. and it's fun friends but um it's it's just more like how how deep are you guys willing to go to um listen to each other and you know be there for that person you know i think that willingness to open and listen without judging them is it's a really difficult quality to find i would say in in strangers or just friendship encounters you know i think we we encounter a lot of people all the time but who are the people that are willing to show up for you you know i think that says a lot i think that's so hard too because as we get older people get married they add another significant other to their life um things get a little complicated so you can't expect the people you were friends with let's just say in college to still treat you as a priority as we get older you know like our same with us like maybe we get in a relationship and maybe we get married and we have kids you can't have that same expectation for that same person as you go through seasons of life for sure um but i think 
However, if you, you know, if, if you guys are, you know, in the friendship for the long run, for the long term, I do think, you know, you guys will grow and, and evolve together. And I think a great example is, you know, one of my closest and longest friends ever. Uh, we met 15 years ago uh, and we actually never even went to the same school or high school or anything like that. We met at a volunteer program one summer, freshman freshman year of high school and uh, we just instantly bonded um, you know at first it was just like you know shopping and like those like surface level interests and talking about boys or whatever you know whatever gets us closer um, and then uh, she actually went to college in Boston and I was here in New York but even on her breaks we would always make time to see each other um, and then eventually we actually were roommates for three years in the city you know after college and um, she she moved to New Jersey with her boyfriend and I feel like even now that we're in technically different states we we actually hang out with each other way more and talk to each other more than we have before so I just think mm. you know like I think true friendship lasting friendship will be willing to evolve with your environment you know like you guys if they're your day ones right you guys are gonna just reach out to each other no matter what and I think you know it takes uh, effort from both sides of course and it's it's very rare to find so I am very grateful for that friendship I love that because I remember you told me about your friendship with her and I was just like you know I actually wasn't surprised because just knowing the person you are and the qualities and traits that you have, like it doesn't surprise me that you have a friend who you've been with, bonded with for that long. So, Aww, makes sense. thank you. <laughs> um, and I think something I really admire, especially a trait that you have, is you're a very good listener. Whenever I feel like I have a lot of situations and issues that arise, you're always there. I can give you a ring and you surprisingly answer. <laughs> Or call you back. Or call me back. <laughs> it's it's crazy because I literally set that bar so low for people because I would get disappointed over and over with these friendships. But I guess that's where I started to get surprised because you always showed up and you're always there for me and you are such a good listener. Oh, thank you. And so are you. And I just feel like, you know, it's, it's just so rare to find someone who is on the same wavelength as you and is willing to be there for someone else. And I think it takes an emotional maturity as well. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone is uh, not able to hang out with you or be that consistent friend that you can go to to vent, you know, it, it doesn't mean like they're necessarily a bad person. It could mean they're just prioritizing other things in their life. And maybe they have to work on themselves and they can't give you that emotional support that you may need. So I think, you know, in our case, we're both emotionally there and we're just able to be open-minded and ready to receive and give each other you know the support that we both want from each other especially with such a great company like grace so it's really easy to always talk to you oh i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> let's maybe shift a little bit and talk about our industries you're an actor i'm i guess you could say i'm in the marketing industry we're very active in our communities, I guess you could say. And I've always wondered, like, as an actor, do you find 
that a lot of people friend you because you're an actor or maybe they've seen you in a show or like you they know you're filming a project like have you noticed if people only like you for what you do yeah i mean i i've definitely encountered people who would reach out or hit you up only after they see you've posted something cool or like oh shoot she's in this thing or or like oh let's catch up all of a sudden like we never ever talk so you know it's pretty clear to uh see through all those things and the intentions of people if they're only hitting you up after they're seeing certain things but um i've also met very supportive artists in my community um i've been in the industry for eight years and i would say for the majority of it until recently i've been pretty isolated and alone um and i I just felt like I didn't really have that group of actor friends who I could really, you know, vent to or talk about my problems or stress or about like certain auditions to, um, and especially being a minority and Asian American actor is already very difficult, um, in itself. But I think, you know, it's very intimidating at first because you go into these casting offices and you're in the waiting room and you see these names of these other actors that you view as competitors, right? Because I think when you're in that industry and you, when you're not familiar with other people, you just sort of view them as your competitors. It's very natural. Um, like, who's going to get this role? Is it me or her or the other girl? Um, and so naturally, you kind of you just view them as someone who is not your friend or not maybe you're not willing to open up to them on unless you're on a project together and also it's very intimidating to see when those actors have other friends you know they come into the waiting room they know each other or like they know a lot of people and that's even more intimidating you're like wow like i'm a nobody this person doesn't even know me um but i would say until recently i was fortunate enough to be connected to a lot of uh, other asian american actors as well as other actors in the industry and field and they've been so much more supportive than I actually had expected. You know, I think sometimes we get very intimidated and a lot of it is like us overanalyzing and being fearful of what's to come. It's like a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, you know, I think it's very important for us to not prejudge all the time. And yes, it does keep us a little more guarded and more safe. Um, but I think it's important we keep an open mind and um, just seeing that these other actors have actually been very selfless and very considerate. Like, for example, this other actress friend that I had, um, she would send me a text and be like, hey, like, did you see the audition for this? Because they're still looking for people. And make sure you tell your agent or your manager to, like, send you out for this. And I'm like, whoa, like that's that's like so unexpected because I was, you know, like if that person's also going out for that role, I would think they would hope that they would get it, right? Which I'm sure like everyone hopes to get it themselves. But, you know, I think it's important to be supportive of anyone who steps up to the plate. And, you know, if, if your friend gets it, I think it's, it's a win for you and your team and your friend. You know what I mean? I just don't think it's healthy to view everyone as your enemy or someone that you're competing against, right? Because I think it's important to know that like you yourself are your like toughest competitor i know that's the very cliche saying but you know i think it's it's just a lot more um healthier to think that way mm -hmm. and 
you know, you don't have to wake up feeling bitter about everything every single day. So it's important to have that shift in your perspective. Yeah. As you say that, I'm also thinking about my industry and it is a competitive area out there, especially if you just go on Instagram, you'll just see all the competition lined up. Um, I used to be in a mindset, like a bitter mindset too, of if I looked a certain way, if I dressed a certain way, did certain things, um, would, would I have more followers too? Mm-hmm. So, but I've, as I've like really evolved from being a quote influencer to really focusing on my business as a strategist, the things that used to bother me don't really, it's more of, you know, how can I keep bettering myself? So you're right. You are your toughest critic. Um, and I feel like, especially with women, this whole like women empowerment, I I have lots of thoughts about that. Just really where sometimes I'm questioning what women's intentions really are, because right. especially in my industry, it's so hard to tell which ones are the the real ones and versus the fake ones. I mean. Um, the ones who really care to get to know you versus the ones who see that you have a number next to your name and think, oh, you're going to get me places. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's important that we do our, like, be aware of these things, um, not to be naive heading into these situations, but also it's important to, you know, keep an open mind, but also make time for those who are willing to make time for you which is also very difficult because i think as in our human nature we expect other people to reciprocate or act as you do yeah um but that's not always the case but i think in if you meet someone who is meant to be your friend i think the friendship should just blossom it should be it should feel super easy super natural you shouldn't feel like a tit for a tat, right? It shouldn't feel like, oh, she did this for me, so now I can reciprocate and do that for her. Right. Because if you're counting, you know, every single act, I think that becomes pretty tiring, and that's not how a friendship should go. Yeah, and you lose sense of what you're even putting an effort towards. Right. So I agree. I think really reevaluate or evaluate the people that you call friends right now and that's not to say like oh they don't check these boxes that's okay like there's certain friendships for certain seasons and for people so i think you know every friendship's different they don't always have to be exactly what um what we're saying but i mean it's not like there's a guidebook out there where it's (laughs) like you have to follow all these steps to be a good friend right right exactly so i think it really depends on your environment and and the stage of your life and Mm -hmm. you know yeah so i'm glad we covered friendships is there any like any last minute tips (laughs) anything you want to like add in there like good qualities you find in a friend a standout anything like that i mean i think uh i think it's important to you know look at the quality of the friendship right over quantity um but i think it's very important to remember that friendship just like any relationship it takes effort from both sides right so you know whatever energy you're putting out hopefully will be the energy that you're getting but also you have to understand the other person is on the same wavelength and is has the same amount of energy as you too yeah um and i guess to add on that 
I will say a big thing for me was or is um, with friendships is that I like the saying like you are what you attract. So if you are in a season of bitterness and negativity, I feel like that's reflective in, in the people that you are surrounding yourself with. Maybe it is your surrounding people. Maybe you are in that negativity because your friends are negative. So that's another thing is like, you are a reflection of the people you surround yourself with and vice versa. And they reflect who you are. And I think that's why when you, we'll get into this with relationships, when you look at someone new, maybe that you're dating, and it's important to know their friends too, because their friends will determine what kind of person they are and what they like to do, that sort of thing. So shall we? Yeah. get into relationships okay well all right so we're gonna shift a little bit and talk about choosing the right company for well yes romantic cho- company romantic company <laughs> um ooh, all right maybe we talk about how we viewed it in our early 20s or i don't know b- before yeah. i mean i would say you know bef- like around college i was very inexperienced um and i i have all these ideals you know like he has to be this and that and funny and this and have this kind of job and blah 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 like you have this whole checklist because you know like you haven't had many experiences so how would you know what what really works for you right so and then you kind of go after these things and then you're like oh you know what maybe looks aren't everything right (laughs) or or, uh yeah or like who cares if you know, like maybe you don't have that job that I thought would be perfect for me or something. Mm. Um, and then what I found out for me is, you know, someone who can just truly vibe with you. I know that's like so general and broad. I think like once I hit 30, I'm like, I just want someone who can give me an organic connection and just truly understand me for who I am and can also communicate. And I think communication is huge, huge key, right? To, to any relationship, you know, if, if you guys are encountering any issues or he said this, she said that, right? And if you can't communicate and reach a common ground to get through those issues, then it's gonna just lead to resentment, right? And yeah. then therefore, you know, you're like, well, that didn't work out or, you know, like, so I just think communication is so important and so is trust. But yeah, trust, you build that though. I'm just saying it takes time to build trust with someone. And yeah, I mean, even with me, same with you. I kind of had that checklist. I somewhat still do. I think I'll go into my dating experience in New York City. But prior, like in college, I've always known like what kind of person I want. Um, But over the course of time, like as I can go through different seasons and different job experiences and I don't know a mindset shift with a lot of things that I um, struggle with or go through I found that the core values stay the same and I guess my expectations are also really high hence why no one really fits my standards here in New York City but that's okay (laughs) yeah that's not that's not the point I was trying to make the point I was trying to make was I think back then I was very insecure with why I didn't really mesh well with people and it's and I started questioning whether it was my expectations or if I just wasn't the right like I started blaming myself for the issues when instead I was you know 
I was trying to put a triangle into a circle. And of course, if you're looking at it visually, you just can't. As I'm reaching 27, I guess I'll say that, closer to 30, I think I am well aware of what it is I do want. And I think I, a lot of the dating experiences I've had with guys, and we can expand a little bit on that because I don't really talk about my dating experiences as much. So in my past dating experiences, I mean, I won't give you the whole rundown, but here in New York City, I've noticed I've I've dated a lot of guys to know p- bits and pieces of what I do find attractive and qualities I want in a guy um, for the long run. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it takes a lot of trial and error. And I think for every little uh, relationship or encounter that does not work out or does not pan out the way you expect it to, you know, there's a valuable lesson behind that. And it just helps you narrow down to, you know what, like, maybe this is not what I'm into, or maybe I'm into this a little bit more, or I value this quality a little bit more. But I think something that really stuck out is action speaks louder than words, you know? A lot of times, you know, guys will be like, hey, you know, hey, let's make plans for this and this. And then, oh, sorry, I got this thing, right? And it's, it's normal, like we all have things that come up and that's fine. But when it happens over and over again, you know, I think they just are not that interested and that is okay. But I think it's, it's important to be upfront about it. So I know me when I personally, when, when, if I'm dating someone and I'm like, you know what, I just don't feel like it's right. I make sure I break it off clean. You know, I, I let them know up front and I tell them, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I think you're really nice and blah, 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 but I'm just not really interested. And most of the time I think guys appreciate that, you know, and honesty. I, yeah, it's honesty. And also you're being considerate about their time and your time. You know, I wouldn't want someone else to waste their time on me if I'm not so interested. Right. And I think it's just, just being a better and more concerted human being and being respectful of the other person's time as well. And you know, it is okay if something doesn't work out. And I think a lot of times we're very much traumatized by, oh my gosh, this thing gonna work out. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hate all guys or I hate all girls because I'm screwed over, right? Um, yeah. But I think someone who I think really values you and is interested, genuinely interested, I think they will put out the effort and make sure that they do have time to see you. You know, I, I, I understand the whole like, you know, I'm very busy, I'm working on myself right now, right? That's also valid. But I think if you are that interested in someone, you will make the effort to show up. And I think that's the first thing that I will notice mm. if, if that person is willing to show up just for that, right? Because if they can't even do that and it drags on and becomes this on and off thing that they don't even define as a relationship, right? It's it's going to be very damaging to both ends, I think, in, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even just going off of what you said, everyone's busy, but who is willing to make the time? Because you can make time, you know? Like, we, you might not have the time for a lot of things, but someone who will go out of their way to just make something work, or at least try to communicate, as you said, 
if I'm sure, I mean, as we get older, like being able to communicate whether this is working or not, it's so hard. I mean, it's still hard. It was hard back in our 20s. It's hard now. But I've noticed that like the people who are able to say, hey, I don't feel like this is working. Yeah, it might break your heart a little bit for a short period of time. But at least it saves you from the a bigger, even greater heartbreak, you know, from dating exactly. them for two years and it didn't mean anything. Right. So, so yeah. So I think um, I wanted to say one thing. Something I find really attractive about a guy is, I mean, there's many things, but something I pick up on when we have a conversation, which one, holding a conversation, if they can do that... <laughs> Like that's sad that that's most that's a um that's what is a standard a, a standard I know, but when they do, I notice a guy who can remember remember little things that you've said, and then they subtly throw it back in, and you're like, wait, they remembered or oh they know right like being a an active listener a good yeah. listener but like not trying to show that they are, but like I said, being very subtle about it like that makes me smile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see that too. It's like, wow, you actually paid attention and remember this. And it's like very cute, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's, I pay attention to that. I mean, I try mm-hmm. to do the same with guys too. But it's like, when a guy can do that, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm, like, all right, mm-hmm. like, like, points, okay, like mm-hmm. plus 10 points for yep. you. <laughs> yeah, so little things like that. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not all about like the physical. It's about like the, what is it, emotional connection too. For sure. And I think, you know, um, maybe this is from me being 30 now. I think another quality that I find super attractive is, is self-awareness. And I think, you know, if the guy is, you know, opening up about something that they know they're working on or like they're willing to work on for the future you know and I think that's that's really hot you know what I mean I'm just like oh wow like you're willing to admit that you need to work on this and you're still striving to be a better person not just be content with who you are because I don't think I don't think as human beings we should just be content with the state we're in I think we Mm -hmm. should always strive to evolve and grow and I think that's part of a relationship is like you guys are pushing each other forward and growing together Mm -hmm. another thing is being able to show someone your vulnerable side i mean of course in in time you don't have to immediately on the first day be like well here's a list of everything you know are you ready to take this on no that's obviously not what i'm talking about but i think like kind of giving them a little like throwing a little what is it like sprinkling some seeds here and there mm-hmm. just seeing like how they react or what they say and if you feel ready to share that with them then you know that's you're obviously taking the next step but if you are getting that feeling or like you think it's time to be able to open up to someone and share these like vulnerable pieces of who you are and your life then i think like you're I think that's like such a good step into forming um, or even being around the right person. Right. To to be willing to be there emotionally vulnerable and open up and trust the person to mm-hmm. to not judge you or to feel safe enough 
right. to expand on you know who you are and i think that's what uh can lead into a relationship or a long-term relationship exactly what about potentials okay what what do you view as a potential people who let's just say check a lot of these boxes and you've you know really gotten to know that i mean you've gotten to know them you're somewhat interested but there's certain things where you're just still very unsure about like they're they're potentially your person i guess you could say mm-hmm. but you don't fully feel it would this be someone you're already friends with or someone you're you're just dating casually or meeting for the first time i would say in a romantic setting so yeah mm-hmm. um more dating casually meeting for the first time or or not even maybe you've been dating them for a while and you can sense there's something but there's also another piece that's like mm, i don't know so you're saying something doesn't quite feel right yeah to you or to can you expand on that maybe okay so maybe um i don't know it also depends on the situation because think about it maybe someone is holding on to a potential because they're lonely you know and maybe the loneliness drives that factor even Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. and so maybe they're not factoring in the loneliness as a driver right versus maybe they're in um I see what you're saying, though. It's it's almost like someone you can possibly project as your ideal person Let's, or like your ideal yeah. significant other, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily that person. But you keep having this idea and expectation of something that they can turn into. But they have some qualities that you are attracted to. Let me give you an example. Let's let's just say it's physicality. Okay. Okay. Maybe they're physically not your ideal type. Mm-hmm. But all the qualities line up and you enjoy being with this person, but you can't look past, this is just an example, maybe you can't look past the physicality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of times, then I would say perhaps your bond or your, there's not enough of a deeper connection between you two for you to be willing to look past that you know what Mm. i'm saying i've always yeah mm -hmm. i've always wondered that because i feel like if there is that super deep connection and understanding between you two i i don't feel like that should become an issue or or a reason for you to not be with the person right and i feel like a lot of times like you know i've i've heard a lot of stories of like you know like he wasn't even my type but over time i just found him like so attractive yeah right so i i don't know i think it could be not having that deeper level of connection and also it it depends on like where you are mentally in the first place like if that's what you're seeking right off the bat and that's what you're wanting then of course your mind is going to go into a place where you're searching for that you're seeking that so if that's like the biggest priority for you then yeah you're easily not going to be attracted to this person just based off of this one type. Right, right. And I think it's important to pay attention to just your chemistry. I feel like sometimes sometimes you can be attracted to someone 
and the person is like not even your type mm-hmm. or or maybe don't even fit the like oh this person's good looking necessarily but there's just something so attractive about them and you can't really put your finger on it and it could be just the chemicals in your body you know what i mean like i've also had that kind of attraction to someone it's very interesting um or it could be i've also had like a deep mental attraction and connection to someone and i'm like just like there are things about this person where you know that would stop me from dating them but i just feel i could feel that mental connection and attraction to be very strong like from the beginning that's interesting yeah mm-hmm. to have that sort of connection mm-hmm. i feel like that's very rare though nowadays it's it's a lot about like what you see i mean we see these dating apps yeah and i think the dating app is helping but also hurting mm-hmm. uh the the industry of dating <laughs> yeah right because i feel like what these apps gives you is a false sense of control you know it's almost like shopping you know shopping's so easy nowadays everything's online you click click you add it to cart you check it out boom it's at your door right it's just so convenient and you know when you're swiping through these profiles it's like shopping it's like you don't have time to dwell on one profile for too long you gotta like look for the next potential like maybe there's someone else who's better right so you have to like judge the pictures the the bio the prompts you know like whatever you're looking for and i just feel like it becomes so surface level that you can miss out on a lot of great potentials actually or or people who you can possibly vibe with so well in person you know and i think sometimes if we have these expectations of oh i want to only have uh, guys who are over six feet show up on my feet, right? And I think a lot of girls can relate to that. But I think, you know, if you're meeting someone in person and let's say you met this person through a friend and um, this person is like 5'11 or 5'10, you're not going to be like, hmm, well, my my, uh, human meter is telling me you're not six feet, so I can't talk to you, right? So I feel like when we are actually setting these standards, on these apps it's actually deterring us away from who we could actually really form possibly beautiful relationships with i love that yeah because you know what i actually think about when when i'm out and about i I think of the people i naturally just connect with like maybe it's guys at the bar or something and i try to imagine like if i saw this guy on an app like would i swipe for him And, and i like really think about it i'm like no, he doesn't see, I would actually not swipe for him, but I really enjoy talking to this guy, and I, um, not saying anything comes of it, but it's just so interesting, because you start even, like, looking at your guy friends, being like, well, I don't, maybe they're not my type, but would I swipe for them, for their personality? Yes, of course, that's what I'm saying, it's, like, so interesting if you actually try to piece the people you meet in real life organically and try to put them back in this app setting, like, would you actually swipe? That is so true. And I also feel like another big factor is quality of pictures, right? Like, if you just Mm. see this person with, like, a really crappy photo and you're like, eh, like, you could be cute, but, like, I don't like any of these pictures. You're already judging them straight off the bat on the quality of photos, right? And, you know, so, so is it to say that the people who actually hire professional photographers and take these great pictures to be more popular on these apps and they're more swiped and more matched with, but does that mean that they actually are 
better quality human beings, right? So I, I just feel like it, it blurs that line for us, you know? It's like, ooh, we obviously as human, in, like as human nature, like we just, we, we want to go with whatever is pleasing to our eyes visually, right? You're like, right. ooh, that looks great. You know, I'm going to give this person a chance. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's, it's almost encouraging people to be superficial and put up a front. And it's almost like putting up a filter, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I think filters were meant to enhance photos, like when they were first introduced, like on Instagram, like back in the days. But um, I think, you know, with the growth and popularity it's gotten, it's, it's evolved into this thing where people need it to almost like hide their own identity because mm-hmm. they use it as a crutch yeah. to look better or to get more likes or to get more matches. Right. You know? I know. It's crazy how that's how far it's gone. So Teresa and I could talk forever about dating apps. <laughs> like we really could. We, we already have. And we continue to do so all the time. Um, but just to put a wrap on like relationships and friendships and just choosing the right company, um, I hope this is helpful for anyone maybe in the season of life that you're currently in, um, whether it's like loneliness or just feeling like you're not with the right people to really evaluate where you are. And, you know, even what Teresa said about effort, like it's a mutual effort. It's not a one way street. Um, I think we've all kind of experienced maybe in some way or in some shape or form that sort of level of whether someone really cares to put that time and effort in or not. I I completely agree with that. And, you know, I think, you know, sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, like no one's hitting me up, no one's texting me, or I'm feeling lonely, right? Like, who says you can also reach out and text people? Or maybe, like, you should sign up for this activity or like you know I mean there's so many ways to get yourself out there and I think a lot of times people just dwell in their own loneliness and they're like well no one wants me no one likes me I think so that's why I think it's so important to evaluate ourselves and see where we are with our lives and also where we are emotionally are we at that point where we can be emotionally available to for someone else right Not Wait, yeah if you think about it we're talking about choosing the right company but in order to have the right company, you have to like your own company. Exactly. So there you go. We have to choose the right company for ourselves before we let anyone else in. Yep. Good way to end. <laughs> Wrap it all right back mm-hmm. to us. Back to ourselves. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. We could do this all day. <laughs> we can. With the microphones off. True. But all right. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That is a wrap on the Lifehack series. I hope you enjoyed this season. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next season where I cover another topic of discussion. Running with Vision series. Now that I'm in the month of my first of three half marathons, I'm going full force into a mindset series that intertwines running and life. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in.